Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. To hire drivers, you've got to work fast and smart. Did you know Driver Pulse, a driver-facing mobile app from 10th Street, is two to three times more effective than texting and four to five times more effective than email at getting drivers to respond? Driver Pulse is the largest source of free driver applications in trucking, downloaded by almost two million drivers to find jobs, complete training, and communicate with carriers. Companies find who they're looking for, and drivers find their homes with Driver Pulse from 10th Street a name you trust. That's 10street.com. T-E-N-street.com. Welcome back to another edition of Chuck Call. Today we're covering detention time and how to make shippers have less of it. Don't forget to subscribe to the Chuck Call, the newsletter on FreightWaves.com if you haven't already. Before we get into our guest interview, there's some news in the world that you should check out. More than 200 transportation and logistics companies have made the 2023 Inc. 5000 list of the fastest growing privately held firms in the U.S. According to Inc., the company saw 227% median growth, generated $38.4 billion in revenue, and added 30,699 jobs. Of 216 on the list, 150 are repeat honorees. To qualify for that list, companies must be U.S.-based, founded by March 31st of 2019, be privately held, for-profit, and independent, not subsidiaries or divisions of other companies. The minimum revenue required for 2022 was $2 million. Inc. ranked 5,000 companies by percentage of revenue growth from 2019 to 2022. My FBA prep a tech-enabled e-commerce warehouse network based in Florida debuted at the top of the list. It ranked number 44 overall. Third-party logistics provider ASC Logistics was the second-highest ranked transportation logistics company, ranking number 55. Taking the third spot was Red Lab Logistics, which debuted at number 127 with 3,830% growth. In fourth place was Transloop, a digital freight network, which made its second appearance on the list, coming in at number 138. And rounding up the top five was Freight Plus, also appearing for a second time. This year, it ranked number 150 overall. This week's sonar chart is the reefer market in Dubuque, Iowa. Outbound tender rejections in Dubuque hit new heights as it took a 105.9 basis point increase from last week. Rejections are currently sitting at 15.6% in Dubuque, which is the highest rate since retail peak season last year. Before looking at the U.S. ag rate, USDA ag rate coming out of there, it's pretty good sign that harvest season has come up to Iowa as contracted reefer carriers are rejecting loads to haul for harvest season. Capacity will likely only be constrained for a few weeks as the fields empty out and then it's back to business as usual. Today we are joined once again by Kevin Naidu, the founder and president of True Low Time. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Hey, Mary. Glad to be here. Thank you. Excited to have you back. Last time we touched on detention and kind of how it affects drivers and, you know, all of that fun stuff. But today I kind of want to double down on that detention talk because I think it's something that we do need to discuss as an industry. You know, we've seen wait times regularly creep up over two hours, sometimes closer to two and a half, almost three in certain industries. 
Um, and so today I want to really drill down on like the shipper part of things and what shippers maybe need to know because shippers, you know, talk, just talk to them. Oh, we, you don't have to wait hardly at all. We don't have a detention time. It's fine. Every shipper ever has said that. So <laughs> a lot of times they don't necessarily realize that it is a problem or it's something that they can address in themselves because it's just like, you know, it takes as long as it takes. It's first come, first serve. It takes as long as it takes to, you know, fill this truck. So what are some of those common misconceptions and misunderstandings that shippers might have regarding detention times? Sure. Um, I think the first is uh, the misconception that accessorial or detention pay makes the driver or carrier whole. You know, all right, so we held you up for three or four hours. We approved the accessorial fees, the detention pay. So now you're covered and you're good to go. Oftentimes on the carrier side, Detention doesn't cover the the lost revenue, the lost profits from running. Um, you make a lot more money with the wheels turning than you do sitting, both the drivers and the carriers. So, uh, just because you approve the you know that little bit of pay uh, doesn't make me whole at the end of the week. Um, the next thing I'd say is that it's purely a driver or a carrier problem. I'm a shipper. I'm a receiver. A consignee. I'm a manufacturer. The tension to merge, that's, that's their problem. I don't really need to deal with that. And to an extent, that's true. But the entire ecosystem, the entire supply chain is connected. What, what impacts this dryer will impact their next route and, and everything moving forward. It, it does affect your operation. Uh, so it's something that they need to take seriously. Um, and then lastly, the part that I really think gets overlooked a lot is the mental toll that it takes on the driver. Outside of all the financial stuff, uh, lost wages, time, profits, just the psychological toll on the driver that's sitting and waiting. Uh, again, these are human beings that have lives. Maybe they are trying to get somewhere, trying to get home. Maybe they have a sick child or parents or spouse or something like that. Um, obviously, they are just trying to earn a living like the rest of us. But running behind schedule, at least for me in my own personal vehicle, psychologically, it it kind of puts me on edge a little bit. It makes me want to speed up and, and move faster. I'm, I'm worried about, am I going to make it on time to my next place? And now I'm kind of balancing the, I'm trying to, I guess, potentially measure how unsafe do I operate to make up time on the road. And it's stressing our drivers out and we just don't want that. So I think those are some of the key things that I'd, I'd uh, bring awareness to. I actually really like that because, again, that's something that most shippers, they don't consider. They're like, you know, well, you know, I paid you for the for the four hours you sat here. Well, I only paid you for two of those. And, um, you know, I that's one of the things that really annoys me is if you expect me, it's kind of like if you expect a worker that you have to come into work and sit for two hours and not get paid and and basically not do any work, but you're still paying them, you're going to be pretty unhappy about it. Because, you know, they're just sitting there for two hours not doing anything. Well, that's the same way that you can approach drivers, you know, because they come in, they're just trying to do their job. They just need to go and they just need to get loaded and go because that keeps, you know, if we know that if they're moving, they're making money. So if you're telling me that I have to sit here for two hours of time that, you know, I can't necessarily leave or I can't go do what I want to do because I have to wait for your load because I could be done any minute now, like, that's the biggest, that's like the biggest annoyance that I have is that you're basically expecting someone to work for free when they sit there for two hours waiting for you to do your job to load them. To me, that's kind of the same as, like I said, 
having someone come and you pay them and you just say, you sit here for two hours. Could you imagine uh, putting out a job description for an office worker that says, hey, we want you to come in and be on duty for 14 hours. We want you to sit in the seat for 14 hours. You're going to work for 11, but we'll tell you when, you, when you're going to work those 11. It'll, it'll change every day, but you still need to be here for 14 hours. And oh yeah, by the way, we, we're not going to pay you for the other three hours that you're idle. It just, it's, it's ludicrous. It's, it's the system that we've got. It's, it's what we're working with, but I don't think we ask enough questions like, why do we, why are we doing this? And to humanize it, you know, these, these are human beings. These are incredible men and women out there that are doing this job that is challenging. Um, so we ought to treat them with a little bit of respect and treat them properly. You know, the golden rule applies. Treat others the way you'd like to be treated yourself. And, you know, certainly it applies here. Yeah, because it'd be one thing if I could just like, you know, like when you drop your car off at the mechanic, you drop it off and you're like, okay, I'll come back and get it in the morning and or I'll come back and get it tomorrow at like this this assigned pickup time and then I just get it and go. I can uh, I can block out that time on my schedule that knowing I'm not going to have a car, so I know I need to do something else. If they're, this is why I'm such a big fan of drop trailer programs is because the amount of detention that is usually involved in it is so minimal compared to a live load. Because if you have a drop trailer, you just swing in, drop off the empty, pick it up, maybe there for an hour while you get things, while they get the right trailer and get everything hooked up and do all your double checks for safety. I love that. I think that's great. I think that's very efficient. And then you're back on the road and you're moving and you don't have to sit there and go, oh, yeah, yeah, you're next to get loaded. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're next to get loaded as like four hours tick by. Like, that's not fun for anyone. No, not at all. So um, when it comes to like shippers and kind of understanding carrier struggles, how do they like how does a shipper even begin to know that like this is very obnoxious to their carrier and you know, kind of like what you said, the why. Why is it two hours? Who set that precedent? And um, yeah, like how do we how do we get shippers to understand that just because there is those two free hours doesn't mean that it should be taking you two to three hours to load a to load a trailer. It's really important for carriers and their customers to to have a good, a strong enough relationship where they can have open lines of dialogue. You you got to be able to communicate with one another uh, and be civil about it at least. Um, and and to expand on that, leave the emotions out of it and bring data. Um, no one wants to hear different tales. Driver stories are great. Uh, anecdotal tales are great uh, to kind of corroborate some of the data, but you can't argue with data, whether whether it's uh, your telematics or you know ELD data. I mean, bring that because that that tells the picture. Um, and then you know the last is again just remember. Remember humility, empathy, sincerity, patience. You know, those are just beautiful traits. Like have open lines of dialogue. Let's do less finger pointing. Let's just kind of talk about it. Here's the state of where we're at. And let's take a little bit of ownership on each side. Let's try and develop a, a true partnership where we are communicating to try and make each other's operations better. You know, as a carrier, if you help me to be more efficient, uh, that that is positive to my entire operation. You know, my drivers, that will in turn impact you in a positive manner. We can better service you, provide better, you know, on-time deliveries. Uh, it's a win for everybody. But first things first, we just have to be able to sit down and talk and do it on a consistent basis. You know, whether that's uh, monthly, quarterly, hopefully more than annually, but just regular lines of dialogue. 
I think that's a really good way to, that's a really good thing to to kind of wrap up into that, that those, those QBRs, those quarterly business reviews that everybody loves to have that sales has a really nice presentation for and all that. I think that just adding a simple line about, and hey, here's how many hours people were waiting at your facility and here's how much money you paid in detention. Um, let's kind of see if we can maybe set kind of a KPI to reduce those hours because ultimately that's going to make the warehouse more efficient that they're not having 10 trucks waiting for loads. Cause you know how sometimes when the first appointment of the day gets backed up, then you know that the parking lot just kind of gets full and then suddenly you've got you know, doors available for people. And it's just that horrible domino effect that you're like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> And then you, that's how, that's when you start seeing some of those overtime shifts, those overtime hours creep up. So I think if you kind of incorporate that into those, those reviews and those KPI metrics of, you know, and this, I feel like the carrier should at least be involved in this part a little bit, um, just saying, you know, hey, this is how much time we've had to wait. This is how much, you know, of our lost revenue we've had working with you. Um, and I think if there's a kind of on both sides of like, we're going to show up on time for our appointments, or at least if we're going to be late. We're going to let you know and maybe be proactive about rescheduling. Um, and then from a shipper perspective of like, hey, if we can do anything to bring these down, whether that's kind of implementing a new loading system or into implementing a drop trailer program, something like that, because there are so many resources that exist out there. I think it's just a matter of finding the right one that works for each business, you know? Well said. Absolutely. Speaking of problematic shippers, we all know them. Um but are you, would you say that there are certain industries that you'll, that if you see really high detention times, you're not really surprised? Like there's always those repeat offenders. Um, so is, I guess, what are the, what industries would you say are the the biggest problem children? Yeah. I, uh, and thank you for not putting me on the spot and asking me to name in specific people. Uh, I've hey, been on- we don't, we don't really like to put people on blast like that because they already know who they are. Yeah. I, uh, I'm more of a carrot versus a stick guy. If you want to see those companies, you can dive into true load time and, you know, the data is there. But um, if most people know that when you're working with uh, food and bev, uh, cold storage, grocery, it's going to take a while to get load or unloaded. Um, we are, we're seeing significant progress in our uh, cold food chain or cold supply chain uh, partners. Lots of refrigerated carriers coming on board uh, pretty quickly. Um you know, a lot of that, I think, uh, I haven't managed a, a refrigerated free, uh, fleet personally, but I think a lot of that is just to the offloading process. It's you're pulling pallets off that aren't necessarily widgets. You know, these are perishable goods. They need to be inspected. Uh, there's a little more that goes into it. So there's, I recognize that there's some, some process on the back end that has to be followed just to keep our, keep you and I safe, <laughs> make sure the food that we're getting is, is good. Uh, but so I, I see it a lot in that. And then I also see it in these monster DCs, uh, these big consumer goods DCs, um, especially if you're a small independent and you, you don't have a drop hook program. First of all, it can be really daunting to show up at a multi-million square foot DC that has hundreds of doors, just navigating the yard, figure out where you go to check in and where your door is at and where the scale is at. You know, that in and of itself and maneuvering can be challenging. Uh, and then just getting to the door and trying to flag someone down. I'm just a little carrier X, Y, Z, and I've got your freight uh, can be difficult as well. So those are the areas that I, I tend to see. Flatbed heavy haul has their own kind of deal, but those guys typically know what they're getting into. And it's just, 
it just takes a lot of time with that stuff, chaining and tarping and strapping. Uh, but yeah, on the dry van reefer, those are usually the areas that we see uh, the most wait time in. Yeah, I feel like slide bed, you know what you're getting into when you know what you're picking up. Like, you know that it's just going to take a while because also at the same time, like it should take a while because you want to make sure everything's strapped down appropriately and tarped and that your load is secure and you don't um, basically because if something's not strapped correctly, that's extremely dangerous for the driver. And that's not anything. That is where I am a big advocate of just, you know, pay a little bit more, let them take as much time as they need to do a safety check. Have multiple people do a safety check if possible, um, just because that's, to me, that time, that extra time is worth it. Um, but from the dry van perspective, I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to be like, hey, I got a load for you. And everybody's like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, it pays well. And they're like, okay, but, and you're like, it's to a grocery warehouse. And they're like, no. And I'm like, but, but please. And, um, yeah, those are pretty historically not, uh, not well received. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, lots of horror stories in my fleet from some of those where it just taking days will show up and sit. Nope. Not today. I'm bringing it back to my yard. Try again tomorrow. And it's, you wanted the stuff just right. I mean, you ordered it. You want your stuff. On my trailer. <laughs> I feel that way, especially, uh, when you said some of those mega you know consumer packet or consumer dcs uh like those retail ones there's some and they know what they are they will hold a trailer hostage for like 90 days and i'm like you know we're charging you storage for this right and they're just like we don't care like i'm like okay la if you want trailers to serve as like a warehouse that's fine just tell us because like then we know but don't don't be like oh yeah this will be unloaded tomorrow rinse and repeat for the next two months like don't don't play like that no agreed preach <laughs> so what are some of the solutions that saw that shippers can implement to maybe cut down on some of those detention times whether it's a drop trailer program you know different staffing solutions in the warehouse what are some of those easiest solutions um for remote shippers yeah i think first of all you just have to be willing to listen and ask questions you just gotta have to be receptive to Maybe I'm good, maybe I'm not, but let me go out and ask these questions first. I've got to establish a baseline. Where do I stand right now? Because that's the only way I can measure whether we're going up and down in the right direction. Um, and then it's, um, you have to monitor things. Again, if you're not measuring it, uh, then you're not tracking it and you can't report on it. So there's got to be KPIs or have to be scorecards. You know, you have to be, what's important to you is what you measure. And if you're not measuring it, then it just doesn't exist. So. You, you know, you got you to gotta measure. Um, and then fostering a culture of awareness. It's great if the DC manager, the shipping receiving manager is very passionate about drivers and want to get people in and out. But if that doesn't trickle down to the frontline workers, your forklift operators and everyone else, then, you know, we're not really moving the needle at all. Are those KPIs and metrics that you're measuring posted? Are you discussing them on a daily, weekly basis with your your colleagues, your team, do they know where you stand? Do they understand what the goals are and the targets? You know, is this is this culture created around efficiency uh, for that loading unloading process? And then uh, the last part you touched on, it's the people, processes, and technology. Uh, you know, the people we hit on a little bit, just engaging them, holding them accountable, making sure they understand what the standards are. Um, technology, man, you can we could do five more episodes on all the technology. 
you know, you can spend as much money as you want, but don't forget all those small rudimentary things. Like first things first, is there a good signage? When a driver shows up, do they know where they're going? Do they know where to check in at? Do you have numbers above your doors? Uh, is your parking lot set up adequately to accommodate a big, a big rig? Can they swing a full sleeper and 53 foot around your parking lot? Are there places to wait? Um, you know, those things, uh, when they show up at the counter, is your process documented? Or are you still sliding pieces of paper under a window? Or is it just a, a really time consuming process? Just the more that you can streamline things, the, the fewer questions that need to be asked, the quicker that this process is going to move along. Um, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to have a fancy YMS and, you know, WMS system. There are a lot of fantastic tech organizations out there that have track and trace uh, functionality, EBOLs. I mean, you name it, we can do it. Uh, I think just figure out what it is, where you can make the most impact and start small. You know, you, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. So just identify an area, implement something, you know, use the KISS method, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, and just build on it and go from there and, and see where you go, where you go. So people, processes and technology. I like it's very simple, but it's very effective. I mean, you know, take a look at what processes you currently have in place and then go, all right, well, you know, this is this is this is where we could slide something in. This is how we could, you know, maybe gain 15, 10, 20 minutes back. Um, and whether it's, you know, maybe pre-staging some stuff. I mean, shoot, crowdsource it. The people in the warehouse, they're going to understand the people loading those tra- those trucks um, and driving those forklifts. They're going to have a process that they prefer to do it. So I say just crowdsource it, you know? There's no real bad idea. I love that. I love creating a culture that uh, encourages um, input. Like if you create a culture where it's okay to try things and fail, then all of a sudden you know, your frontline employees uh, become ambassadors and they start bringing ideas to you. Maybe the, maybe the setup of the inbound, you know, the shipping receiving area needs to be modified. Maybe there's not enough room, you know, go to your people and ask them what works. They do the job day in and day out, uh, but they have to be, they have to feel safe enough to do that. Uh, so I think that that does come down to leadership. You know, are you, are you just saying these things or are you doing these things? You're talking the talk, but do you walk the walk as well? Exactly. That's one of my biggest things is, you know, make sure that your actions back up what you're saying, because you can talk and have words all day long. But until what you're physically doing actually matches what you say, then there's just words. Agreed. Absolutely. So we are running a little bit out of time today, but there's one question. We already know where you stand on hot dogs and sandwiches. For today, I'm going to need another i'm gonna need another one from you you ready okay go ahead what's your best dad joke <laughs> uh all right mary how do you make a kleenex dance a kleenex dance okay so kleenex do you, you don't tissue it you but, but i don't know how do you you put a little boogie in it oh snap that's a good one. I like that one. That's like I was going like you tissue it, like a tickle it. Um, but no, you put a little boogie in it. Thank I you. Like it. I'll be here all day. <laughs> all right. So if anyone's got any great dad jokes to send your way, or you know, if they need help trying to measure detention or even just get started, you know, knowing where they stand with detention, where can they reach you outside the show? 
Yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, 10street.com. Uh, We've got uh, a lot of incredible products. Uh, True Low Time Facility D- Detention Dwells, one of them. There's a link there. You can click to get more info. You can always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I hang out there quite a bit as well. Uh, feel free to uh, email, as, email me as well. It's my first dot last name at 10 Street. I would love to uh, bring you up to speed, but more importantly, I want to hear your feedback. Again, this is an, an, an industry-wide issue. Uh, I'd love to hear if you have thoughts or ideas on how we can make this even uh, even better. So, yeah, reach out. Awesome. You heard it here first. And uh, I'm going to start the campaign to end the, the no pay to the two-hour detention. Um, let's just, you know, I don't know where it came from in the first place. And uh, if anyone does know where the two-hour detention came from in the first place, uh, you know, my DMs are open. I'd like to know. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Hey, let's be by the hour. Why not? Exactly. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kevin. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Find Jet Call the Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to check out all the other incredible FreightWaves podcasts such as Loaded, Rolling, and Point of Sale. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter at FreightWaves.com slash See you on the internet. Mm-hmm.